Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Boyd, and I'm joined uh, again this week with Pastor Stephen. He has returned. It's great to have you back, Pastor Stephen. It is Steven. wonderful to be back with you once again. Yeah, we had a an interesting Sunday, to say the least, this past weekend, and uh, not at all in negative terms. It was interesting in a very good way, and it was exciting to uh, to see the Lord move in many different ways. So, what are your what's your first take, maybe, on how things went Sunday? What's first impression there? Well, certainly I agree with you. The services were not services as usual. Sure. Uh, the very design of what we did was uh, deliberately uh, designed to, to move us toward introspection and hopefully heartfelt response and uh, renewal and repentance. And so, yeah, it, it was a, a different dynamic for both of our services. I did not actually go into the services with a, a preconceived idea of what to expect, which I'm sure I'm not alone. People may have been wondering what what right. <laughs> is going to happen, how do we assess what happened, and and so I, I deliberately well, I asked the Lord to help me not to go in trying to impose on it an expectation that that may not have been the Lord's. Now I've been. As I even acknowledged on Sunday, I've been blessed to be a part of two congregations in the past where they experienced a rather dramatic renewal, uh, where uh, things began to happen in the context of a church service that uh, I would say significantly affected the heart of the whole church. And then we uh, benefited from that for the, the days that followed. Certainly, as I came into this service, I, I had that in the back of my mind, but my expectation was not for that to, to be repeated, because the truth is, really, when we talk about that level of renewal revival, that's, that's a work of God. God mm. is sovereign in how he begins to manifest our awareness of his presence. And, and so, again, uh, as I looked at Sunday, we didn't see anything that someone might point to say, wow, there was a dramatic uh, mm -hmm. renewal taking place, uh, like the door was thrown wide open, so right. to speak. But I do believe sincerely that what happened in both of our services was the door has begun to open. And uh, I'm confident, based on the testimony of Scripture, that those who turn to the Lord in fresh ways, that those who acknowledge their sin for for what it was, that that God's forgiveness was immediate, his work of renewal was resumed, and his desire for our church, I think, is such that he's moving us in the right direction. And so uh, my my impressions were, were encouraging. I, I feel that we honored the Lord as we humbled ourselves before him. Sure. And that we experienced his renewal as a result of that. But again, as a, a millennial on our staff, uh, I'm curious from your perspective, what were your impressions of the yeah. service? And I think before I, um, you know, talk about my thoughts on it, I think it's important for 
our people for for whoever is listening i think especially if you were involved with sunday if you uh, were able to tune in online or if you were here in person um our staff and i don't think i'm alone in this so i'm going to go ahead and say our staff we would we want you to know how intentional this was and how um every moment of uh, our service sunday and every service that we plan is intentional but um more than intentional this week this was a pretty strong conviction for the last couple of weeks on us. And this is not something that has, I mean, I think you said this Sunday um, in, in one of our uh, small groups uh, Sunday afternoon, but this was not something that was planned months ago. Um, this was not something that we've been, oh, this would be a good idea to do. It was nothing, nothing like that. This was very much a, you need to do this. And it was yeah, a I, strong conviction. I've only been trying. And I, as I acknowledged on Sunday, I'm not a perfect leader, but Sincerely, I've been trying to allow the Lord to prompt my heart and to guide us. And, and so, yeah, I think Sunday's desire was just to honor what we yeah. sense he's been asking us to do. I was involved in both services, both the, the first worship hour and the second worship hour. And I, I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most, um, and part of part of it, I think, is because we're all just so busy all the time and we're constantly surrounded by um, and it may not be, you know, necessarily, necessarily, you know, tangible noise, but uh, we're always surrounded by noise and there's always a distraction all the time around us. And that's just that's just the, the culture we live in um, and the lives we live, the style of life that we live. But it was so refreshing Sunday. Um, there were several times where there was at least like 30 seconds of silence and complete silence. Yeah. Not even a. Not not even a silence that was prompted. Not a okay. We're going to take a moment to be quiet here. It was just a um, a spirit led moment in the room, and that happened several times in each service. And I was so refreshed by that to be able to. And I played guitar the entire time during the second service. I was on stage the whole time, just about. And it was refreshing even for me being on the platform. Um, you know, leading our people in worship, yes, but being able to take a moment. Well, and, and I, I think we're afraid of silence I think so. in our culture. I, I think, to be very uh, frank, uh, I think we try to distract ourselves from the voice of God sometimes where uh, we know perhaps we have not been where we needed to be. And, and we, we try to fill the void of the silence with something that distracts us from that. And, and I'm grateful on Sunday in both of our worship services that that there was uh, that opportunity for each of us to just quietly ask the Lord, um, search my heart, mm -hmm. try my thoughts, help me to see uh, where I am in relationship to you. And so, um, yes, I, I think the, the value of creating that, that space to listen, um, I, I don't think we can emphasize that strongly enough. Yeah. And there were, Many things we could touch on that that stuck out <laughs> in the, in both of the services, but I think I think that one's most impactful to me. And so I've mentioned, you know, how intentional this service was, and you've mentioned how much of a conviction and how yes. uh, strongly you felt uh, led to to kind of lead us in this way. Let's talk about why why the emphasis behind this. Why do you think the Lord has led us to kind of move in this direction, especially with this past Sunday? Well, really, even uh, two weeks or a week ago, Sunday, I I asked the question in the midst of our worship is God trying to get our attention. Mm. And as we've referred to second Chronicles seven fourteen, where God responds to a prayer of Solomon and says, listen, 
if uh, if you will return to me, I'll respond it with mercy and love. But um, you know, the point that Solomon made in Second Chronicles six is, Lord, if if things begin to go uh, badly for us and you get our attention and we turn to you, is there hope? Well, uh, God's assurance to Solomon is, yes, there's hope when the people of God recognize God's trying to get their attention. And and as I raise, I, I wonder, in light of everything that we see happening across our nation, and for that matter, around the globe, uh, is God not trying to get our attention? And mm. if indeed he is, and I'm convinced that he is, then the only response is, is the, the response of repentance. God is trying to bring us back to a place where maybe for a variety of reasons we've lost focus, we've moved towards some level of compromise, and it's diminished the impact that he's wanting to make through his church. And so to me, the the purpose of this emphasis is to respond to what I believe is God calling us back. Mm. And um, yeah. now I'm not implying by that every issue or challenge that we see is a direct result of the hand of God. Sometimes I think God kind of takes his hand off of circumstances and allows our own choices to create the chaos that results. It's not like God has to bring the chaos upon us. Sometimes he just, as Romans 1 characterizes, you know, it's as he kind of gives us over to what we are trying to to pursue. But as I've looked at it, there's just been a, a deepening conviction that God's calling us back to himself. And certainly the last two Sundays, this past Sunday in particular, my prayer has been that we'll begin to turn to him. Yeah. And uh, as James describes it, draw near to him so that he can draw near to us. Um, the, and I don't know why this keeps being reminded to me, especially as we you know kind of touch on Second Chronicles seven uh, verse fourteen there. Um, and I love the emphasis that that we're in right now as a country. And I think it's I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I want it to provide peace when I say this, but um, I think and this goes for any country really. But the the worship of God, the devotion to God, is not tied to a a nationality or no. um, a country or a you know a political spectrum. It, it, the worship of God, Christianity, this practice of loving God and devoting our lives to God has lasted long before <laughs> the world we know it now and yes. will last long after. And so I, I just want that to provide peace. But as we're kind of talking about um, revival, and maybe this will go hand in hand with where we are in James, which is just the irony of this whole, you know, the last few weeks. But is is revival a result maybe of our efforts, a result of our good works? Can we unpack that a little bit? Yeah, and I think that's a relevant question because as we've been emphasizing that that James teaches us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then he describes the language of repentance to cleanse our hands and to purify our hearts, to mourn in appropriate ways, to humble ourselves. And the promise is that God will exalt us. So as we're looking at all the problems and all the challenges, I guess someone might wonder, okay, so if I do the right things now, God will make everything right for mm-hmm. us. That that again, if, if it's it's kind of back on us. If I do enough good works that that will somehow compensate for God's disappointment and suddenly he will restore blessing and prosperity. I don't think that's what God revealed 
to Solomon, and I don't believe that's what God uh, has revealed to us through James. See, the language of both of those emphases is that we experience a restoration, not as a result of our good works, but as a result of us drawing near to God, that it's really a question of proximity. Uh, we're not earning the favor of God. Wow. By faith, as we repent and return to him, we're simply placing us in the proximity of, of him and his fullness and his goodness. I mean, in First John, uh, the disciple John described it as walking in the light as he is in the light. See, the goodness, it, it results from him and his presence being f- allowed to freely be directed through who we are. It's only when we drift off into the shadows, and we all do that. John insists that we all do that, that that disrupts uh, the activity that God desires to to manifest among us. His grace, I think, uh, is lessened. Uh, He wants us to experience the fullness of his life and his presence. And so when we're talking about repenting, we're not asking us to start trying to do enough good to somehow merit now more of God's favor. No, we're wanting to seek his face. And we know in his presence in our lives, as that becomes more personally realized, then then we experience a greater measure of his activity and grace. It's just a matter of proximity. Yeah. I think more than more than anything else, what what I you know, what's fascinating to me about Christianity and the gospel, the news of Christ is, is that there is no, there's no work on our part, and especially in involving in this repentance or this restoration effort, it is simply a return to God to allow Him to that restore is the us. Key. And it's such a simple concept, but it's so difficult for us to put into practice. And I guess the next question would be: after we're you know we're, we spend a moment on you know revival and we get rid of the the works argument and things, what do we do after that? Where do we where do we land after this? Where where do we where are we headed? Well, and that, I think that's a, a serious question because, once more, if, if we make it about us, like, okay, God, I'm repenting, I'm turning away from this activity, and, and if we're not careful, what we've done is we've placed our eyes back on ourselves, and we're now expecting that, okay, now God's going to do something good because I did something good. Hmm. When what we're really trying to, to move people toward it's just a fresh devotion uh, and commitment to Jesus Christ to make our lives increasingly available to him. And so where do we go from here? Well, I think we continue to, to seek his face. We continue to turn from our wicked ways. It's not like, uh, you know, there's not going to be other instances where our adversary may try to draw us aside or... really distract us or deceive us and we find ourselves drifting into the shadow no we want to press into the light we want to live there and experience a fullness of god there oh over a hundred years ago there was a a movement of god in the nation of wales and many of you know we we have a mission partnership in wales where we've been traveling over the last seven summers minus this past summer to be a part of of god's work with the churches that are there but over a hundred years ago, there was a movement that some refer to as the Welsh Revival, where God truly began to manifest his presence 
uh, within the hearts and minds of his people, and it affected the nation. Now, one of the individuals that was instrumental to that was a man, a young man by the name of Evan Roberts. And God used him and in some ways used the simplicity of his message to keep uh, the attention of the people on the Lord. And, and there was a kind of a four-point sermon or message that he would frequently share. And maybe this would be helpful to us as we're asking, well, where do we go from, from here? Well, his appeal was this. First, he stressed that we need to confess all known sin, receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. I mean, we really encouraged us all this past Sunday to ask the Lord to show us, is there anything in my life, anything that's disrupting your greater work in me? Uh, and as soon as we recognized that, the need was to confess it. Well, that is what Evan Roberts urged others to do, that we step into the light, we're asking God to help us see ourselves for who we are. And when we recognize our sin, we don't justify it. We don't try to rationalize it. We confess it and we receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. His second appeal was that you remove anything in your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure hmm. about. Now think through that. Yeah. See, I mean, it's one anything thing. Anything done without faith. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing for me to acknowledge my present sin. Well, what if there are some aspects of our present life that you may even characterize them as good, but the Lord, as he's trying to move us forward, are we allowing him to remove anything that might be a potential hindrance to his influence and activity in our life? I mean, would we be so bold as to place the whole of our lives before the Lord and say, okay, Whatever you want to remove, Lord, it's yours. Yeah. Whatever you want me to, to intentionally move away from, Lord, I follow you. I mean, remember what Jesus said in the Gospels. He says, if anyone wishes to be my disciple, he must deny himself daily, take up his cross, and follow me. I mean, as Jesus characterizes it, this whole Christian life thing that we talk about so often is centered in Jesus and our willingness to follow him, even when he's asking us to let go of some things that maybe within ourselves we'd like to, to retain. Yeah. So Evan said, no, you need to be willing to remove anything in your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. Third, be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly. He's got to put that one third because you can't do that one without. No, yeah, you're not going to be discerning the prompting of the Spirit as long as there's junk yeah. in your life. You just don't. Now, I alluded to uh, two occurrences where I saw a rather dramatic revival in, in previous churches. What happened there was God began to remove so much so rapidly um, that it made us, I think, more quickly aware of the Spirit's prompting and guiding. And, and that helps facilitate, I think, a greater influence and in work. Well, here, that's where we want to move. We want to be able to say, Lord, um, show me what you want me to do. I mean, you may feel prompted to call someone or to write someone right. a note, or you may be prompted to, to maybe respond in a, in a way of service that God's moving within your heart to do. And you'll, you'll find yourself wondering, well, 
why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling that? Well, if I'm truly yielding the whole of my life to the Lord, we need to allow for the possibility that His Spirit will begin to guide us and to prompt us. Then finally, His fourth emphasis, and I would add appropriately so, publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. That what we're talking about is, is Jesus at the end of the day. It's not about us. It's, it's not even just about God in general, as I mentioned on Sunday. It's very, for us, focused in God incarnate, Jesus Christ. And so as we're turning to him, as we're following his lead, as we're seeking to yield ourselves to him, then let's make sure he's in our conversation. Yeah. Let's, let's point people to him. And I'm kind of reminded in point four, especially as it follows these first three, you know, with the the church in Acts and the allowing where God has brought you to be your testimony. And especially in this this four-step process, really, once you get to point four, step four, the publicly confessing the Lord is also confessing what the Lord has done in you and through you. God has God's removed this from my life. I struggled with this and I don't anymore because he's removed Praise that from my life. What a what a powerful message. Well, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, as, as Jesus then comes into the conversation, I, I think it continues the revitalization. I mean, it, it just yeah. keeps the energy and the dynamic of Christ activity in us uh, all uh, the more vibrant. And so let me I'll just read them all four for us one more time quickly. Confess all known sin, receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Remove anything in your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. Be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly and then publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, if if on Sunday you turned to the Lord in a fresh way, you acknowledged your sin, you received his forgiveness, consider Evan Roberts' appeal as something to kind of keep us focused. Now, what's Really exciting about what God did, as I noted, back in the nation of Wales during that period of time, um, God took hold of that among the people of God, the followers of Christ, and they dramatically impacted their nation. And when I look around at what's happening to us in 2020, uh, that's my longing. I, I just want the Lord to so manifest his presence in us individually and in us corporately. I, I want our congregation, when we gather, to be like this beautiful light that reflects the goodness and the love and the wow. beauty of the Lord that just will attract people uh, to Christ himself. And and how God wants to manifest that and reveal <laughs> that, that's, that's God. That's not something that any of us as worship leaders can even pretend right. on uh, facilitating. It's just about the Lord gathering with his people and and helping everyone <laughs> realize that he is the Lord. Sure. Well, before we move on to uh, maybe this coming Sunday and some things that are coming up uh, throughout the next uh, few days and weeks, um, church, we want, we desperately uh, would would love to hear from you about um, what your journey looked like on Sunday, what maybe the Lord revealed something unique to you or something fresh to you, or maybe um, maybe maybe the Lord revealed something something big, something deep, something difficult to you. Um, in whatever way God is speaking to you, um, whether you watched online or you joined us in person or you watched it uh, on Monday or even today even, um, there there's nothing... Um, 
there's nothing that happened that we don't want to hear about is what I'm trying to say. And, um, so please, please reach out to his podcast at northfortworth.com And we'd love to talk about that next week and maybe share, um, some, some victories or successes, maybe that the Lord worked that through. We can, and that would that, be encouraging. Yes. We would just love to hear, uh, what the Lord is doing in your life. And maybe even something that, um, that caught your attention during the service, something that made you pause and reflect. And, and it was an uncomfortable service at several points. Um, anything that is built on conviction and repentance is going to be uncomfortable. That's not a, a comfortable season. Um, but please be sharing that with us. Please be, uh, you know, willing to, to open up about that and share. Um, so moving on from there, I know we've been in James for quite some time now. Yes. And, um, I mentioned earlier the irony of where where all of this is lining up. So t- tell us where where we're being taken this Sunday. Well, first let me uh, highlight uh, our plan in both of our services at nine and eleven is for us to observe the Lord's Supper together. Uh, I think uh, it will be a beautiful way to further celebrate what Christ is doing sure. in us as we can come to the table of fellowship and be reminded of of who he is and how he affects our lives. But just to let people know, we are coming back to James. And if you want to read ahead, start reading it at <laughs> verse 11 and, and, and realize that as James calls for us to humble ourselves before the Lord so God might exalt, exalt us, he then picks up once again on reminding each of us that that is intended to influence what we say and what we do. And so, um, we'll come back to that and allow the Lord to continue his refining process within our hearts. Love it. Um, church also be looking forward to, uh, next Wednesday, October yes. the 7th. Uh, we are, uh, gonna be launching some, some new Wednesday night activities, some new, um, I don't want to say improved, just some new <laughs> and, uh, new and, uh, refreshing, uh, ways, new and unique ways to, uh, activities that we'll be starting back on Wednesday night. Pastor Stephen will be, um, it'll be the same format, kind of the same feel, just a casual conversational right, well, Bible study. We're moving my Facebook live series of lessons on spiritual armor, uh, we're just moving it on campus. And so if you've been a part of the series, don't expect that suddenly we're going to kind of alter that <laughs> format. I think our plan is for me to, to be sitting at a table yeah. and uh, it will have an informality. It will look very similar to how it's well, looked Hopefully online. it will look better <laughs> yeah, than what true. I've been able to do on that's Facebook. True. But uh, but it, our intention is to, to try to, to maintain uh, that kind of informal dynamic is all of us are just wanting to grow in our understanding of God's Word. And uh, and yet we're going to have some worship as a part of that too, which I'm thankful, uh, as Josh has agreed to do so, to even <laughs> to open our time next uh, week from t- tomorrow uh, with a time for us to focus our hearts in song. Now, we do need to stress there will be a slight change in time. Uh, why don't you remind us of what that is? Yeah, we'll be, uh, instead of, I think you've been meeting at 7.30 on Facebook Live, we and have. we will be meeting at 6.30 uh, next Wednesday. That'll be from 6.30 to 7.30. There'll also be some children's activities happening on yes, campus, as well as uh, our students meeting back? Not yet, not yet. I don't... Okay, I did the uh, same thing last Tuesday yeah. when David was here. Yeah, no, I, I, I keep we, wanting to jump the gun with we are students. moving I'm excited obviously we're without our student pastor right sure. now so we're we're more reliant on our volunteers and we're trying to take steps uh thoughtfully as we can but we do anticipate a greater 
engagement for our students yeah. down the road. But I believe for Nick, uh, for the eighth rather, what we're looking at is uh, the adult Bible study and then children's activities. Uh, in fact, uh, Sally's going to be bringing some lessons on the spiritual armor, even as we're yeah. going to be continuing that that emphasis into the month of October. Uh, our kids will be able to talk about that too, which. Uh, if you come as a parent, then you'll even be able to maybe yes. engage in a, a faith talk with your children, which I know will will be a, a blessing to them beyond the Wednesday experience. So October 7th, 630 to 730, you will definitely not want to miss that. New things happening on campus. And students are, by the way, meeting on campus on Sundays. Yes, they, they are. They can be a part of life groups um, on Sundays and be a part of either service even um, on Sundays as well, either 9 or 11 um, and still be able to attend a life group, whichever your family is planning on attending. Um, but church, lots of things upcoming, uh, more info to come. As we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, we've been teasing it, I know. Um, but uh, on October 31st, new things coming on that uh, for how we're going to do, what we're going to do um, for um, the fall. Um, and, and then many more things coming up this semester that are down the road um, from us. And I was looking yesterday, just fun fact of, of the week. Yesterday was 88 days. It's only 87 days until Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that is. Isn't it wild? Yeah. I went to the dollar store last week to, to get just a quick, uh, We I think we needed milk, and I went to go get something really quick, and they had Christmas decorations. And I thought, uh, there's no way. <laughs> that, that does stretch us a bit. But yes, it's right. It's right coming. around the corner, which is pretty terrifying for ministry staff because Christmas has, there's a lot of emphasis that goes it into Christmas. It is a big season of the year for us. <laughs> yeah, but church, definitely uh, be looking forward to lots of things coming down the road. Be excited about that. And uh, please, again, email us what uh, your experience was like um, worshiping with us Sunday uh, during the Solemn Assembly. And we hope you were also able to turn in, tune in uh, Saturday to the return and uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that, but just would love to hear from you in general. Um, whatever the Lord's doing in your life this week, and uh, we're praying for you this week. Um, and church, we uh, are, are looking forward to seeing you back Sunday, and uh, we're looking forward to the day where we can house everyone, where we don't have to be um, in fear of. <laughs> that day is uh, coming. Yes, it is coming. We hope that it's coming sooner than later, uh, but it will be there. It will be there nonetheless. And uh, we're praying for you. We love you. We look forward to seeing you back uh, Sunday. We'll see you next week uh, for another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. Have a great week.